Hey, Broadway fans, we're back for another week of Broadway Breakdown here on Popcorn Talk Network. Today, we are talking the phenomenon Rent, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. How we gonna pay? How we gonna pay last year's rent? That was a nice melody. Yeah, yeah we got, got it. it. We got it. Nailed Dance it. The cast is awesome. here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this. Well, in LA, at least, this kind of dreary Sunday. Yeah. It is a dreary. Hopefully, it's not so dreary where you are. I am your host, Brianna Phipps. You guys can find me at bphipps14 on Instagram and Twitter, bphipps1214 on Snapchat. And I have a lovely full panel here today. <laughs> to my left, we have Mr. Drexel Hurd. Hey, guys, I'm Drexel Hurd. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Drexel Hurd. And across the table, we have Mr. Timothy Rodriguez. Hey, everybody, I'm Timothy Michael. You can reach me on all social media platforms at I am Timothy Mike. I am Timothy Mike. And usually in the booth, but now out of it, we have the lovely Alexis Torres. Hey guys, you can find me doing uh, a dance in a 10 gallon plastic pickle tub at uh, <laughs> A Torres 890. <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> so let's just get right into this musical because we're going to have so much to talk about. Yes. Let's start origi- where the musical came from. Let's talk a little bit about their origin. This was mm-hmm. a La Boheme kind of redone for the 90s, 80s, 90s. Yep. Um, I don't know personally, I've never seen the opera La Boheme, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I do know that it has to do with tuberculosis and Jonathan yeah. Marshall obviously changed it to HIV and AIDS for this to make it make more sense for people. I mean, we're not, we don't really have a tuberculosis epidemic anymore. Like, God, I hope not. But, yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, there's people that have it, but it's not like killing no, an epidemic. Not like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I think what I found really interesting because I was doing a lot of research on, on the opera, um, it was written by Giacomo uh, Puccini, which I thought was really fascinating. It opened, premiered in uh, February 1st, 1896, literally 100 years, years before the actually off-Broadway show That's premiered, insane. which I thought was really, really fascinating. The characters also have a lot mm-hmm. in common with the with the um, the off-Broadway rent show. Um, yeah, had names down. changed. Yeah, we had Rodolfo, a poet who became Roger. We had Marcello, a painter who became Mark. Musetta, a singer, Maureen. Uh, Chouinard, a music musician, Angel, which they reference in the show. They do. Which is her last name. Yes. yes. Her last name, yep. Colin, uh, phlo- Colin uh, well, French, I'm sorry. A philosopher, <laughs> Tom Collins. Um, and Alessandro, a state counselor, Joanne. And Benoit, a landlord, Benny. Uh, yeah. So very similar. I thought it was Except super fascinating. Except for Joanne. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, make, she was a lawyer in the... Yeah. Yeah. So it makes the most... Kind of, I guess, sense. Um, the only one that I... what There was one I was looking at, but I feel like now, looking back over it, it makes sense. But I, when Maureen was a singer, I was kind of like, well, she shouldn't be a singer. They felt like her and, like, Roger should be changed. I mean, Maureen yeah. had, like, but you know, Over the Moon. It still makes sense. Yeah. She yeah. sang through Over the Moon. She did. She did. Yeah. I mean, and it was like spoken word poetry, I guess, a little bit. In yeah, there, with a mixture. So, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it makes sense. Yes. I was, I, as soon as I saw Musetta sing, was like, Maureen was the Lynn Manuel of her time. Yes, of course. I don't know, I guess just in my head, because it's like performance art and stuff, poet made more sense in my head for her, and Roger's obviously a singer. Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, name-wise, it works best for yeah. this way. And, yeah. and funny little tidbit, uh, Chouinard, obviously played by Angel in the Rent production, um, 
in the opera plays the violin instead of the drums and he kills a parrot and I am today and today <laughs> for you uh, instead of a dog which I thought was really fascinating wow a parrot that's I mean I can see that I can totally see that that's yeah. probably my least favorite part of the play oh that the only because I love dogs so much that I oh, like they killed yeah. a puppy I also just feel like that's so fiction because I'm like I really can't see a dog barking itself to death that's right. insane right I mean, you never know. Or, or like, like jumping off it of the, out the, yeah. the window. Yeah. Oh, because did it? Because yeah. so Angel plays did so much. Really yeah. Yeah. He encouraged the dog he, yeah. to, <laughs> to find its light. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Why? <laughs> Why do you want to break me? Uh, so, uh, another fascinating thing that I uh, that I found while researching the opera was the um, the uh, La Vie Bohème song takes place mm-hmm. in the Life Cafe in Alphabet City in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, really famous Life Cafe. It's shut down now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the opera, it's taking place at Cafe Momousse, which oh. I thought was pretty fascinating. Cafe Momousse. Sounds so fancy. <laughs> right? I was like, okay, Italian, get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say anything in French or Italian or whatever. I mean, that's just how Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought it was so interesting that Jonathan Larson took this show and like just really recreated it, like kept true, put so much of like the music and recreated it for the show, but like mm. kept little things like the Musetta's waltz yeah. and everything. And it just it really makes sense, I think, for that time period in the nineties and stuff of what people were going through and what he himself had friends going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he lost. So I love that too. you can take this piece of art from mm-hmm you know, the early 1900s and recreate it for today and it still makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And like I said, I was just really surprised by the similarities between the the opera and Rent in mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, he, um, did, he really did a lot of research. He did a it. really great job at adapting it too because mm-hmm. even the storylines, even their their um, their occupations has a lot to do with the characters mm-hmm. and that he took inspiration from. I, I really enjoyed doing the research for it. Yeah, and I mean, it's just it just goes to show that like, I mean, no matter what time period you're in, you're obviously going to have people living in kind of this poverty level situation mm-hmm. and these artistic situations, which, as we all know, living here, they're not yep. always the most paying until you reach a certain level. Yeah. So it, you know, no matter what century you're in, you're going to have this happening. And there'll yeah. always be a new disease of a new century. Yeah. Um, one of the things, and, and, I, and I know I brought up Lynn Manuel already, but I, I, th- I it would have been very interesting to see Jonathan Larson and Lynn Manuel in the same time. Oh, yeah. Because you've got two. Obviously, Hamilton is the rent of uh, now. Of yeah. now, mm-hmm. and not in, in in its historical, you know, okay. and, and, so, and what it did for and theater. what it did for yeah. theater, and how those two uh, writers researched the backstory well mm-hmm. enough, and you know, La Boheme, obviously with Rent. Hamilton was not only the story of Hamilton, but like the mixture of the West Wing. Yeah. So it so I mean those two artists clearly did their research to incorporate things that fans of either La Boheme or the West Wing kind of had that knowledge about. Yeah, and the fact that they're both very well diverse casts right. as oh, well. Oh yeah. Yes. So yeah. I think that was also something that you can just, you know, put a pin in as right. well. Yeah. So yeah. And in the early nineties, I mean the the this was what twenty years ago. Yeah, well, even when it came so. out, yeah. yeah, even more so. <laughs> Such a more so when cast. you're talking about yeah. when they were writing it, because he the original idea came from Billy Arnson um, in '88, year I was born. Yeah, and, and uh, then he teamed with Larson in '89. So they were working on this for almost ten years before yeah. it came to light. Well, really, Larson was working on it because Billy and him eventually split ways. Yeah, yeah, right. And then it was like. Well, in the workshop in the like the late '80s, mm-hmm. it was almost a almost a little bit different of a story—not story, but like everything wasn't there yet. Yeah, and then it didn't hit peak until obviously 
the early 90s. And, yeah. and I think um, I think what Jonathan Larson probably had the most difficult time with um, would be because um, La Boheme, the opera, didn't have any unified plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a series of vignettes <laughs> yeah, with all of these people, actors. Yeah, people kept telling him characters. that they're like, there's no story here. You right. have songs, but no story. Yeah, which I love because he made a story out of it. And I, I really do think that what you had touched on earlier with, um, you know, transferring from tuberculosis to AIDS, I really think that that really grounded the story with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I think that that made it easier for people to kind of Especially during that. that time period, especially yeah. in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, the the amount of like, because it's semi autobiographical as well. He mm-hmm. did put a lot of himself mm-hmm. and his friends into this show as well, and he had a lot of friends suffer and die from this disease, and that's where actually, oh, what is it that one song? Um, Will I? Yeah, came mm-hmm. from because his friend went to a meeting and the someone got up and said like, I'm not afraid of dying, but I'm afraid of like losing my dignity. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of like this taking over, and that's all anyone's going to know me as. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that he took. From there too, from himself and because I think all great art you have to put yourself in, of Absolutely. course. And it's you know when you're not personally going through something like if he didn't have AIDS, but he did have a terrible disease, and you know you have friends that have this terrible disease, so you can pull from that and create this thing and make it really relatable. Yeah, so right. many people. And and I think the you know folks that, that know Rent will probably also know Tick Tick Boom at the same time that yeah, Jonathan Larson yeah. did, mm-hmm. which was more about Jonathan Larson's life than Rent was. Even though there are pieces of Jonathan Larson in Rent, if you re- listen to or you see a production of Tick Tick Boom, that is like one hundred percent Jonathan Larson's life, so. which is also a very good. Musical. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, his sister said one of the biggest pieces of him that she sees in the musical is just the set because she's like, that was literally his flat in New York. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks like. So. Um, but let's talk a little bit about kind of Jonathan Larson and this and how he his kind of terrible ending to his Tragic. life. Tragic. Yeah, it breaks my heart every time. The night before previews, mm. you know, done all this work on this workshops, had so many failed plays that never got off the ground. And to have the one that finally makes it and the night before your previews, to have you die in that way, in the way where you're going to the doctor and you're trying to get help and they're just not knowing what's wrong and misdiagnosing it. Yeah, I mean, I think not only would that have been tough for obviously the Larson family, but obviously this cast that really, that relied on the writer to, you know, because previews, if people don't know, obviously, I think people who obviously watch Broadway Breakdown will probably know because they're Broadway fans and stuff like that, but once you're in previews, the story still has to change. Mm -hmm. There's, There's a huge period between preview and opening night on Broadway. I mean, huge period slash short period, because sometimes it's within a month. Right. Yeah. So but th- you're doing a lot of work. Yes. So I would have been really interested to know if there would have been any changes Jonathan Larson would have made yeah. between sure. preview and, and actual opening night. Opening well, night. Yeah. Adam Pascal said that he, the, the one thing that sits with him is he didn't like um, Your Eyes. Mm. Yeah. He didn't like Who, the him song. or Jonathan Larson? Um, him. Right. Yeah. Pascal. Uh, he said that he felt, you know, this character's working on this song, the, this entire musical, this song that really tells his story, and that's and he didn't feel like that was a good enough song for what it ended up with, and right. he thought that Jonathan Larson probably would have changed it had mm-hmm. he lived the previews. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I personally like your eyes. I think it's a sweet song. <laughs> yeah. It's I a mean, sweet song, but I, I get where he's yeah. coming from. Yeah, but. and also Adam Pascal had to go through a lot of changes for him for this one, like the fact that he is an actual musician and he had to learn to sing with his eyes, eyes open. open. Yeah. yeah, that's like my favorite fact. And so the fact that he had to work on that, he also had to learn to not, you know, to sing 
um, not like up here. He had to learn to like sing to the audience, and like <laughs> it was trying to pretty much get him to connect to this play. And I think even though it's unfortunate when Jonathan Larson passed, I think that sparked him to be like, right. okay, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. And now he in the movie and in this the performance is always good yeah mm-hmm. so and just to add more drama onto the uh, entire like him dying before previews is you know he died from Marfan syndrome or an aortic dissection which is ca- caused ca- by Marfan one of the causes of the yeah um, and that's a, an inherited disorder that affects connective tissue which is a really rare case only 200,000 mm-hmm. people are diagnosed with that yeah. throughout the year and it's it's just like why him you know what I mean I just keep it's going back to that it's also just such a scary thought because like I said he did go to the doctor and like I wrote it down they had uh, they failed to diagnose him twice one mm-hmm. time they said it was food poisoning oh jeez and um, <laughs> the second that killed him he found food poisoning at St. Vincent's Hospital and the medical doctor said that he had a virus and both sent him home that is and so that's scary. just so scary to think that like you could do everything right you could like be like I don't feel well go to the doctor and they just can't find something yeah. It just and it also baffles my mind because I'm like, especially because we talk about you know the AIDS epidemic and it's mm-hmm. really prevalent in the 90s. The doctors sitting there going, "Oh, you just have a virus. Go home." Like or food poisoning or food poisoning. Like I I would think that they would do more screening, especially with this epidemic going on. You know what I mean? Well, I mean to be honest with you, I went to the doctor a few months ago and I had a little pain and the doctor was like, you, "There's did an ultrasound and he was like, you're fine." And I was like. Clearly, I'm not fine if I keep coming back to you. So doctors, I think, do misdiagnose things or they don't try hard enough to do their jobs. Yeah, because I'm with Drexel on this one because there was one time where my mom took me to the doctor because she was like, oh, she's having stomach pain and I don't know what's going on. And she's like, oh, no, I think she's just, you know, experiencing cramps and should go home. And as soon as I walked out, I threw up. And he's right. like, okay, bring her back. And right. I was like, right. Really, like, guys? You could have just tried just a little oh, harder yeah. on that. You could have figured out a different test. I think it would have been different. I think that had... Because... Obviously, there was the workshop. Workshops are a little bit different now than they probably were back then. Yeah. And so had Jonathan Larson been in workshop form and rent in the 2000s, yeah. and he would have been a name, somebody probably would have checked him out a little bit harder mm-hmm. in New York City. It would have mm-hmm. been a different, different situation for him. Yeah, yeah. which is unfortunate. Um, let's get a little bit into the music, because that was Jonathan Larson's original role with the show before he kind of took over completely. This musical kind of changed how we do musicals yeah. like we see a lot of rock musicals now but they weren't as prevalent in the 90s and actually a lot of the cast members were turned like they, they joined eventually but like they were turned off like I know um, Jesse Martin was mm-hmm. turned off because he's like I don't want to do musicals and they're like no 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 this isn't sing out Louise this isn't <laughs> that kind of thing like you need to be part of this and he came in and sang uh, Amazing Grace, Grace and got hired on the spot for it I mean come on have you seen that man <laughs> well, <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> like yes so I mean it was even a turn off you know this was a very minimal you know show this was very unknown the actors were unknown everybody was unknown and the Writing except for was Tate Diggs, right? Except for Tate Diggs. Except for yeah, Diggs. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty he huge was, in the 90s. And he was just right. at Stella, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Hustle got a group back and, yeah. Well, yeah, and he was trying to do more film and television mm-hmm. and not musicals. Yeah. So they, like, everyone I felt like it was either, it was funny, most people with the show had to do it because they just needed to pay their rent, yeah. which was right. yeah. um, <laughs> Or it was their, like, agents and the casting director for the show being like, no, you need to be a part of this. Like, please listen Can to me. Can you imagine if we had a different cast than the one that we had in the original Broadway cast? Like, I think it would be interesting because all these people now have pretty huge careers. Oh, now. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, they're all consistently working since the show. And before the show, they were, besides those two, were trying really hard to get by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's only so, only a few musicals that have that impact on a lot of people and mm-hmm. 
and I think we've already named the two, just <laughs> yeah. that, you know, that, that have done that and were, is, is literally launched careers after that. Yeah. yeah. Except for uh, Ragtime. Because I think Ragtime yeah. launched Audrey McDonald's career. No, I agree. You know, yeah, 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 I agree with that. Um, but I think for a lot of people who know Indina at this point in time, mm-hmm. they're right. all like, oh, I didn't know she was in Red. I'm like, well, yeah, because her pitch is different in this mm-hmm. one oh, yeah. than she is in Wicked's, and she's building even, yeah, 95% of the <laughs> Even if you're watching her in the movie as opposed to listening to her in the Broadway cast, like her voice is right. much grown different. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And don't let Idina fool you, she would not have gotten Wicked had rent not come around. No, That's I completely agree. Yeah, so we don't want Idina to forget her little roots yeah. where she came from. Um, but this musical is just, I think it really pays homage. Like, I love the fact that none of these people besides maybe Adina and Tay and Jesse were sing-singers. Like, you know, they, they had interesting voices. They weren't those classically trained, beautiful, like, you know, Mark has the very, Anthony's very, you know, nasally and kind of quirky with his singing. Yeah. Daphne is not necessarily... Oh, yeah, like, she's got that raspy. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Which I know that's a hit and miss for some people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But well, I think I'm not a big Adina fan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's totally fine. I think Tate Diggs... I'm not a big fan of Tate Diggs either, so it's yeah. it's, it's all know, around... I me some Tate Diggs. I mean, right? But, like, I don't know. Like, it's not the fact that it's bad. It's just it doesn't hit my ear in the right, right way, right. so... I mean, but I think that if you had had everybody be an amazing singer in the show it wouldn't have come across in the right way no, you have to have it be somewhat underdog because those are what these people are yeah it's supposed to feel real to you like you're talking with right. your friends and seeing their story so yeah. I well like I also that. think during the casting process I don't think they were exactly looking for singers I think they wanted actors to make this story that's so powerful I think they believable. wanted both but they also just were like we need to kind of take over find some people get. right yeah. and I think yeah. the only real singer singer in that entire Show is the Seasons of Love soloist. Oh my gosh! Oh, that, the only person that really has to be a singer yeah. is because yeah. they have to right. hit those. Well, those notes. both of the soloists in that. Yes, yeah. the guy yeah. and the girl. Yeah, Freddie, Freddie Walker. Yes. yes, 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 yes. So I mean, I was happy with the fact that they went with the way what they did because I, again, like you said, if we hadn't had these people, this would have been a very different show. Yeah. I'm just curious what you guys thought if we had, like, I don't know, like, uh, Bette Miller, like, singing, like, Rent. I'll be like, whoa, whoa. She <laughs> probably really or wants to. Yeah, sorry, yeah. 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 She was already too big at that point. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, if we're like, let's get all these A-list, like, Broadway Like, stars. I think right. anytime Rent is done, and, uh, I mean, obviously, I, like, I saw the show when Anthony and um, Adam did it back in 2009, I want to say. Um, but I think that anytime you do this show, I think a majority of the people should be unknowns. The the tour right now is completely unknown. Yeah. Oh, the twentieth yeah. anniversary yeah. tour is completely unknown. Mm-hmm. Like there's not even like a headliner. It's like nobody knows who any of these people Which are. Which I, I like that. And right. you also at this point with rent, you don't really need a headliner because no. usually you get a headliner to bring in people. But right. rent is so well known and and so touching to a lot of people that people, no matter who you put in that show, now yeah. people will flock to go see it. Right. Yeah. And and to the point where you know even I think. Uh, Tracy Toms talks about it where she auditioned for it like nine times. Oh, wow. But, and then got the movie and then mm-hmm. got the show, got the the show, show. after oh, the I movie. Know. And so. then it was filmed well, she, too. And right. she was a yeah. redhead, wasn't she? Yeah, oh, she yeah. was huge. Yeah. She, all she wanted was Joanne. Yeah. And she didn't get it until she got the movie. So, yeah. And funny thing, if we're going to talk a little bit about the movie, Rosario Dawson was also the only other... Um, you know, new cast members to the movie, right. and she wasn't a singer at all. Yep. She was so nervous about going to that room and singing for these casting directors mm-hmm. and everybody like that, and Christopher Columbus, who directed the film. Um, and 
she was just so self-conscious about her voice, which actually I think I honestly think turned amazing. out. I think so too yeah, with the I vulnerability that she shows in her voice in the movie. I think it's great. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a step up from Daphne Room in Vegas. So I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's a hit and miss. I was not the big like while I think Daphne did a great job acting and stuff like yeah I agree her voice to for me personally is just yeah it doesn't it doesn't hit a little I, yeah. don't, I don't want anybody to be, I, I love Daphne Ruby yeah she just has a different voice than exactly than yeah. and I'm glad taste. I'm glad that Brianna brought that up because yes her voice is acquired taste but her acting yeah. well, if you watch her perform it's why like why she got that role yeah. because they didn't want her based off of her singing because mm-hmm. um, they did want someone more operatic no mm-hmm. correct I don't know I can't imagine like a like a stripper just singing opera. Hey man, I'm sorry. But, I would make it rain if not a stripper was singing opera to me. Just but, but we went from but people that we do know like we that role went from Daphne Ruby Vega to Rosario Dawson mm-hmm. to um, Renee Ellis Goldsberry oh, who ended up being the being final the, Mimi. Yeah, yeah. I mean there. I mean that's in a case singer, you don't singer. know who she is. She's now in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Well, well she well, was not anymore. She was in Hamilton. She was in Hamilton. But I mean, like that's another thing that she has under her belt as right. well. I mean, she's done a lot, but like namesake wise, those are the two plays that she's like really well. Right. So. And she was a great Mimi. Yeah, that's, oh, that's oh, I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and let's let's talk about the cast a little bit because, like, not even just the actors, just the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. So we have Mark and we have uh, Roger, who are roommates, living in this flat in New York City. In Alphabet City. In Alphabet City. <laughs> Which neither, is the lower east side if people aren't from New York. <laughs> neither of them have jobs. Uh, we, we, I mean, that, the opening is just, like, so... <laughs> <laughs> I can't even like think of the words. It's just like you have this guy sitting here singing and having like that directorial cutaway to the answering machine, and then like our first experience with the show is just this high pitched woman singing. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. but it's so good to her son. Uh, Do you guys ever uh, every every I don't know maybe it's because my friends are crazy and we're the crazy rent people, but like on Christmas Eve. At 9 p.m., like you see statuses, Facebook statuses start with December 24th, 9 p.m. Yeah, 24th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. And then you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> okay, man, we're gonna do it. this, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> no, same thing. I mean, my my answering machine for like, like, or at least my voicemail was message, speak. yeah, was speak. And my mom's like, I don't understand what that means. I'm like, don't worry about it, mom. It's fine. <laughs> you're, just, you're just supposed to speak, okay? Yeah, just, just speak into the microphone. <laughs> um, and then we have Mimi. Upstairs neighbor slash stripper at the at the uh, cats cat scratch club cat scratch club cat scratch club and then we have Joanna Maureen Maureen is ex to Mark mm. now dating Joanne mm. left him for a woman no bisexuality <laughs> going on I can't remember if in the playbill I, I think it was like this there was a family tree in the playbill in the playbill oh are yeah. you serious that's yeah. awesome and, and I know we're going to talk about it, but we just saw Natasha Pierre in the great comment of 1812 and Whoa. and there's a there's a family tree in there is that in like the a playbill. thing now? I, like, well, I mean, I mean, just based on the way that Brianna's breaking it down, like you have to know like really where cool. everybody is, and right. I think there was a family tree. Oh, cool! I just can imagine someone coming in halfway through this show and like being like, "What is what happening? are we talking about?" <laughs> family <Right>. tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have Collins and Angel, the most beautiful couple of <laughs> oh, in the show. Heck yeah, that's my favorite. I love couple. them so much, and we have our own. Yeah. Angel and Collins right here, Where? guys. <laughs> and we actually have a couple photos that they of them that. when they did the show. Look at these glorious things. Yes. I love it so much. Yes. Oh yeah. The uh, the first one was during You Okay Honey, mm-hmm. um, and then the second one was uh, obviously right. for Look at those um, green stockings. Yeah. They're beautiful. Today, had you, you worn heels before then? No. 
Oh I've never. Gosh. I literally had to wear heels um, to every single rehearsal, um, and literally had to learn to dance to walk. A lot of the female cast members were teaching me how to walk and dance and and just use mannerism in heels because I was a dude in heels. Like it was, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. It was a great show to work on, and then that's where we met. And he was playing Collins, I was playing Angel. And, and for those of you that don't know, because we didn't know, uh, these the, two are fiancés. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to be married. He put a ring on it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I was listening to the, I hadn't listened to the cast album in a long time. And I don't know why, maybe it's just, I just didn't. And I was like, man, I forgot about this song. I almost forgot about You Okay, mm-hmm. Honey. I forgot about, like, these, I kind of forgot about Santa Fe, but not really, but there are a lot of, like, Collins has the Mm-hmm. Songs, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. Uh, that was oh a my, it was a really the reprise of um, I'll cover, I'll cover you, you. cover, cover you. you, yeah, is just know. the most like I forgot about contact oh, until right? today, right? and I was like, right? what is this? How? What is this song? Well, it's so funny because um, my boyfriend doesn't know the show, and he's just listening to the soundtracks I'm listening to, and he's like, well, they're just saying so many random words in all these songs. And I'm like, <laughs> if you don't like understand the show and you don't know like What's what they're happening? talking about yeah. at that yeah. moment, it does sound. You know, they're just saying random. Especially in Love Be Bowen. Love Be Bowen. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. And contact, you know, they're just like wet shit. Yeah. And it's yeah. so funny because I was thinking about this on the way I was driving down to Laguna today and, and I was listening to the soundtrack. And I remember when I first was introduced to this show by my friend Ebony in like freshman year. And mm-hmm. like, it was freshman year. I hadn't ever, ever like come out. Like, it was not a thing for right. me. But I also understood the message. And so, like, Collins and Angel were like my first introduction into this new world of like gays and everything that's happening in this world and I was mm-hmm. like what is happening and so like contact came out and then I'll cover you and I was like singing these songs and it was just that was the and then I saw it two years later I was living in Japan at the time I flew back to DC to do something and then I saw the, the tour cast and then um, that was my first four way into rent and but but that was how I was really introduced into coming into different feelings and trying coping with myself and feeling okay with that kind no of that's awesome because mine was kind of the same way there was a girl that I was dating she was also my best friend we were best friends for kids or since we were kids and then um, when uh, she was half Japanese and half British and so she traveled a lot so I never really got to see her so she would send me stuff to be like listen to this this is what I'm listening to or read this this is what I'm reading I'm like alright and Rent came up and she's like you're gonna love this and also will explain what you're feeling with me right now. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm naive. And, I'm like, oh. right. and so she introduced me to this play and we talked about it all the time. We sang the songs to each other and she passed away like years ago. Mm-hmm. So for her funeral, I sang uh, I'll Cover You Reprise mm-hmm. and it was rough for me. Yeah. But it also now, every time I hear the album or see some sort of adaptation for it, it will be a different memory for me now instead of just being a play where I felt... You know, accepted. I also have someone that also kind of reminds me of Angel. Yeah, yeah. So it's know. funny. I have a little bit of a confession to make. I actually didn't see the show first. I saw the movie first, oh, and there was bad. a lot of backlash about the movie. Obviously, um, I enjoyed the movie, uh, and then I went to obviously go see the show, and then I was in the, sh- the production twice, um, which. I don't know. I feel like I had a little bit of a different perspective on it because mm-hmm. I was I didn't I wasn't familiar with the actual show before you know, being in it. And I just thought that, you know, it was, it was fascinating because I thought that the movie was, was good, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people, rent heads didn't like it. I think, I think, and I know we're not talking about the movie today, but, but but you can say a little bit about that. We're going to get into next week more, but if this had been directed by somebody different, 
Chris Columbus is such a family-oriented director. Yeah. He directed the first Harry Potter movie, which it ended up, like, people look at Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and they're like, ah. But then you look at, then you get to movie three, and you're like, see, that's what Harry Potter should have been. Mm-hmm. I think if Rent had been directed by a, a grittier director, oh. Rent heads would have been like, ah, got there it. it that, that's yeah. it right there. And But, you know, they're trying to make a story so deep to be as family oriented and they went with a director like Chris Columbus. So But also yeah. when the movie came out in two thousand five and this goes for the show as well, like it's it's a it's a very um gritty show and to yeah. put that on television to put that in a movie um, I just think that you know a lot of people wouldn't have been as receptive to it if it was as gritty as in maybe another director so I can understand why Christopher Columbus went that way now with theater on uh, on the other hand you know theater is made to make you feel uncomfortable so yeah. that's so you could do whatever you want on a stage mm-hmm. I mean um, yeah, the movie definitely would have been like, a little bit more um, was it rated R I guess it probably we would have we would have seen we would have seen yeah, yeah. Well, I was meant that if it was a different director <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. 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 what we saw in the normal heart on on and on HBO and just kind of that time Dallas Buyers Club and stuff America, like that yeah. and Angels yeah. America mm-hmm. is what Rent would have been had yeah. it been directed by somebody else that's true yeah. a lot of needles a lot of a lot of other stuff and just we would have been like oh my god what is this yeah. well let's know? talk about some of that greenness because this show does have a lot of themes I just jotted down a few that I I personally connect with we have this overall theme of hope. Yes. giving hope, which the show was critically acclaimed for kind of putting that positive spin on mm-hmm. having this disease that because you have this disease doesn't mean you have to just go into a corner and, and wait to die. Yeah, You can still have a life. Right. You can still have love. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I actually loved about um, La Vie Bohème and their line, you know, living with and not dying from disease, because mm-hmm. that speaks on so many levels. It's not mm-hmm. just AIDS. It's, you know, cancer, brain tumors, you know, depression, any yeah. kind of, you know, thing that you're struggling with, you know, you live with it and you don't, you don't let it overcome you. Yeah. And I think that, you, you know, you can choose to just give up or you can choose to still, you know, take what you have and make the most yeah, which is that line? There's only us. There's only this. Exactly. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that it really shows, uh, you know, with the same thing with hope is also the, the the whole fact of friendship and you know being hopeful that your your friends will always be around <coughs> to help you. Like how Mark was always helping, you know, Roger try to get out of the house and helping yeah. his ex more. I mean, even in Angel's even in Angel's death there still was a layer of hope after that because yeah. it all happened so fast. Uh-huh. Well, and even I mean Angel's death allowed for everyone else to walk through their anger to see what was really important in their exactly. life. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um so we also obviously have this huge theme of love. Oh yeah, everywhere. Different kinds of love. <laughs> Except for Mark. <laughs> that, oh, for he Mark. still has love. I mean, he does. I it's just, just, I just not bad. in the. He he doesn't line up with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because when when you see that shot, especially in the movie, they pan towards the table of like everybody. So obviously, you and have, he's just alone. Yeah, and he's just like yeah, yeah dancing. Right. And I was like, see, he's very happy with his life. I just think it's interesting that. Love well, you know, was we there. can we can make up a future story for him. Yeah, I'm in Lexi Darling. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought it was from Buzzline. Yeah. From Buzzline, it's adorable. He makes her realize the air of her ways. <laughs> um, it was interesting. I have Don, Donna Summer, who was a press agent. She wrote that there wasn't really musicals written about people who were gay and in interracial relationships mm-hmm. at this time. But um, Michael Greff's direction, it didn't underline that there were black women and white women singing a song about love or a Latin man and a black man that were singing about love. So this musical really did a lot for interracial communities, for the gay community. And for, you know, we have drag queens, we have we have right. so much going on in this show. It really underlines, like, 
that it's okay to be who you are no matter who you are. Yeah. And, and I think one of the good things about Rinse since you brought that up is that every cast has been so different. There has been mm-hmm. Asian American angels. There's yep. been I think Tom Collins has always been black, but like I think I mean, Mimi kind of always has Mimi, Mimi, has, Mimi, Mimi because she has that line. Marquette. Oh yeah, Spanish babies cry. Well, she's been black too. Well, I guess black. She's been yeah, black. I guess you I mean also you can still grow up in a Spanish neighborhood, I guess. And yeah. Vanessa Hudgens played Mimi and she's Filipino. Right. So Right. So and, and then but she and, looks Well, yeah, Mark and Roger have not Mark and Roger have not changed. No, not really. Um, but you could change them, and it, that's the great beauty about these characters. There's most of them don't have a, to be a certain race or right. correct. Yeah. You know, so it's you can go about like casting really for the talent. Absolutely. Yeah, because I've seen a I've seen a white Benny in Chicago. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was different. But I was like, it doesn't. I think me the from main it. thing yeah. that with this is you just have to have diversity in the cast because you can't make a show about somewhere like the East Village and not have. Oh yeah. You can't have only one race there. That, right. That's not <laughs> yeah. how. Yeah, it works. I don't think, exactly. I don't think rent would work <clears throat> if it was just like all white people or like all black. people. I'm sure there are cast, there oh, are high no. schools out there that. Well, I mean, we always say like all white dreams. Girls. I always say on the show. I always say on the show. I give. I give a leeway to high schools and yeah. community theater right. because you have to. It's hard to find. You can only yeah. cast with whoever yeah. is one auditioning and whoever is in the community because they're not being. Yeah, because like I, I, we did a community college of Rent, and I wanted to be Mimi. That's like my dream like role. Is always I've always wanted to be Mimi, uh, <laughs> but they put me as Joanne because this, there was a girl who was a better. She's more flexible than I was. She can sing and she can do all these crazy things, but she was white, and I was just like, but, but, but no, okay, I'll just that's fine. I get to go make out with a lady. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think there's only a couple of characters that have very specific lines that you're like, oh, that's that person's race. Yeah. And Mimi is one of those people. Um, Mark is one of those people because he is Jewish. Jewish. Not, but oh, yeah. but there are black Jews. There, there are, are there are yeah. different race yeah. Jews. So that is a character that could be interchangeable. Correct. Um, Joanne is not a character like that. Joanne no. could be no. any she any race. She could be race. anybody. Yeah. I mean, she t- she typically I think only gets cast as black because they just need someone to be that belter. Right. That type. But I know mm. some white belters. Right. No, no, there are. <laughs> just, but most of the I time, I think our yeah. Joanne was white. Was Emma? Oh, Emma no, Hunt? she was Maureen. She's Maureen. Yeah. I thought she was Maureen. I can't remember. I mean, yeah, right. it was a long time ago. Yeah, but yeah. The, all these characters, I think, could be whatever and interchangeable. Yeah. As long as you have that diversity there, as long as you don't have one straight race, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that you can do whatever you want with this musical. Yeah. And that's a, a beautiful thing in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we also have this theme of poverty, which I, I mean, think most of... That's New York. Yeah, I was yeah. like, everybody's struggling Brawl in New York. <laughs> you live in New York, you're probably living below the poverty level in New York. And I'm from San Francisco, and definitely now, if you live in San Francisco, oh you're most likely living below the poverty level. We were just back in New York, and we were talking to our friends in Brooklyn who live in Brooklyn. We used to live in Brooklyn, and it's so different. Like, the cost of living right now, we used to live there four or five years ago. It's completely different. I don't know how people live in New York. Uh, I don't it's know. It's so expensive. I don't know how people live in my hometown anymore. It's, it's, or it's even LA ridiculous. sometimes. Like, so LA, so it depends on yeah. where you live. It depends on where especially, you live. I mean, and especially if you're right. a creative type of person because those tend to be the jobs that don't really pay off for a long time if right. if at all sometimes. Especially the, the occupations of our cast too. Yeah. Like a teacher and a filmmaker and a singer. Which like even now, even in 1993, it's still, it's still, the still same. relevant yeah, today. Still, yeah. still the same. I mean... <laughs> Unless you're like one of those few people that make it to that point, yeah. it's a very struggling lifestyle, yeah. and that certainly comes across, especially in Love Eboem, when he's when they don't even want them there because they know that they're not going to be able to pay. Yeah, yeah. And I also think that just poverty <clears throat> speaks on more of a level than just not having money. It's that it it makes people a little bit more acceptable of things. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you not to say that you know rich people don't aren't accepting, but they do have more of well, a. 
like oh this is our social humbling. norm whereas well, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's just it's just who kind of where you grew up and you you saw those things firsthand versus you just hear about it right mm-hmm. you know you you can have a sympathy with it but you don't fully understand it unless you've been there or seen it. I also, I I know we're talking about poverty when it comes to occupation, but I think there was, there's also a poverty when it comes to healthcare. Of course. Because um, about 50, 40% of the cast is living with some disease. Mm -hmm. And at the time, obviously they couldn't pay for a lot of the stuff. So they're not only they're trying to pay for their medical care, but they're also trying to pay their rent, which obviously their medical care is more important to them. Well, and I love that you brought up that because I love that the show didn't stick with a social norm of who has this disease. Right. Yeah. We have Roger, who's a straight white male, who has this disease. Yeah, and we yeah. have Mimi, Mimi mm-hmm. who's also straight. Because, you know, there was such a large portion of time where people believed only gay people could get yeah, this. Yeah, which I was like, mm-hmm. mm, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, but that's what they th- they looked at as the gay cancer. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it used and, to be and it, wasn't, mm-hmm. and it was not introduced with... Well, it was introduced with Angel first. Yes. No, no, no. No, 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 it was no, introduced no. with Roger first. Yeah, it was introduced with Roger first. Okay, because so she says she wrote a, uh, left a note in the bathroom saying we yeah, had made. So it yeah. was not introduced by the gay characters yeah. first, which is great mm-hmm. for to people who might have thought that. What I, what I also thought was interesting with the character list in, in um, Rent is that did Benny ever have AIDS? No. No. They, no. Not that they've ever talked about. Yeah. Right. I just thought that was interesting because, you know, Mimi does. And if and he, they were and if they dated, a couple, Well, but yeah. if they used protection. I know, but back then, I don't think that... I don't know, 90s, was, man. But yeah. I, also don't, <laughs> I also don't think that Benny, Benny was never in the poverty... In the situation that the, everybody else was well, in. Well, not that we're seeing. I mean, he did used to live with them. So you have to think at one point he may have been. I know, but we also don't know... What was it? Did they say two years? Was it two years ago? Yeah. Or they lived together for two years? Because I don't know what the time frame was. I'm trying to, like running the song. Yeah, in my head. Yeah, 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 I can't but, remember. But you know, we know. we do know that he used to live with them, and that mm-hmm. he married up, mm-hmm. and is Quite. now changed all of his like kind of who he was to be yeah. for her father, what he thought he needed to be. Yeah. We also don't know when Mimi yeah, contracted that's the disease. Yeah. So that's it could have been maybe after, after yeah. Benny. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and yeah. he is married, so you know, there might have been that that he used contraception because of the fact that he was married. Mm. Yeah. And didn't want any babies coming out. Yeah. Um, this show just, I mean, I love that we have that kind of like one person there that, you know, it, and I, I would love to know what like Tadig's thought of like having to play like kind of like the one person that no one really likes. Yeah. Really the loves. antagonist. Yeah. yeah. Yes. He's yeah. my, uh, Benny's one of my favorite characters. And, I, and and when I was cast as Collins, I only, I really wanted to only play Benny. Yeah. And I was like, and then <laughs> Collins ended up becoming. You well, know, it worked out for you. It worked yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. Real thank well. you. Thank you. <laughs> I meant like when, it, when it, this is long Just before. God, sorry, this I ruined is, your life. <laughs> this is long before. You know, I met the cat. This is long before. This is just during the casting process. I was like, oh, I just want to play Benny. Yeah, because as soon as I walked in the room, he was like, you know what? I'll be calling. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> I actually, I, I actually saw all of the angels that they were considering because <gasps> I was cast long before that. I didn't get to choose. I just remember seeing everybody's headshots and just being like, oh, okay, I see what's happening. I actually did not meet him until we were on our way to rehearsal. So, oh, nice. um, but yeah, but Benny's such a great character because he does go through so many different. He's got a good character arc yeah. in the sense that he was their friend. He's trying to do the right thing business-wise and for his friends. He gives them an alternative. He gives them like a, a, a chance. Like, you do this for me. I'll let you stay here for free. Mm-hmm. For free. Forever. He didn't even put a time limit on it. Mm-hmm. I'll let you stay here for free. You stop this protest. That's it. 
Then he goes and he's the one that pays for Angel's funeral. Mm-hmm. Then he goes like yeah, he's so not he's not a completely he's, bad right, guy. Right. But yeah, but technically he was the most hated. But that's why it kind of sucked in the movie for me was because of the fact they didn't really portray that, which we'll get more into right. it for next week. But like I liked that they decided to keep Benny as kind of a good person towards well, the end of the play. I like that even though you see these good parts of him throughout the play, that he's never becomes part of the group again by the end. Because nope. that would have been a very cliche yeah. Ho- yeah. Hollywood broad like, you know, yeah. thing to like have him come back through and all of a sudden like you know what I paid for Angel I paid for Mimi like mm-hmm. we're all friends again everything's right. happy yeah. and okay but he was just kind of there and well supported. he did what he's supposed to be there to do and yeah. he showed the part like you know that's a very human thing humans don't necessarily all of a sudden you know completely change who they are all over again yeah, it's slowly you know baby steps yeah, yeah. 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 so I, I, I really appreciated that they didn't have that kind of cookie cutter ending for yeah, everybody I agree um, this show also did a whole ton for pop culture. I mean, we see it today. I mean, I I, I printed out, I'm not going to read everything, but like The Simpsons, Family Guy, Friends, Will and Gray Scrubs, Big Bang Theory, it goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Recently in um, uh, not Daredevil, uh, Deadpool. Yeah. He's wearing a rent shirt. I know. Kind of like in the Angry Inch movie, he's wearing a rent shirt. Like, even just slightly, it's kind of thrown into there. Mm -hmm. So, but even going back a little bit more, like Hamilton has, you know, we we went and saw um, the guy who played Aaron Burr um, in concert, and he said that Rent was such a uh, an influential Leslie music Jr. for him. Yeah, Leslie Odom Jr. Leslie thank Jr. you. Um, and he said that Rent was such a, an influential uh, musical for him, and he actually sang that one of the songs from the show at his concert. Um, but it also influenced Spring Awakening and and all oh, these yeah. other. There's like, so many musicals that wouldn't exist today if Rent had never been. Yes, there. no, correct. And but you know, it's it's also one of the it's also because it was revived about t- too early, I thought. Well, it was never um, revived on Broadway, though. It was off-Broadway. Broadway. Yeah, it was off-Broadway. Off yeah. they, I mean, they brought it back. I just yeah, mean, like, yeah. they, they just brought it back, and you're like, mm, that was a little early. But, um, but I mean, it was still good. I can't imagine what they if they brought it back now. I mean, no, you're right. Yeah, I mean, if they, like, could... waited, and then were like, hey, we're going to bring it back in 2017. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh... I mean, it didn't even go off-Broadway until... 2009, 10, yeah. yeah, something like that. I mean, it stayed on Broadway for it's Quite like the 11th longest running musical on mm-hmm. Broadway. Now it got bumped, I think, by. And we're now what in the 20? Is it 25th or something? 20th. 20th. 20th? Yeah, 20th. 20th anniversary. Yeah, so. jeez. So it'll be the 21st this the year. The 20th anniversary. It came through the Pantages. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get a chance to see it, but. Well, I mean, there, it was only it was, for what? It was for eight, eight, eight days. days. It was eight, eight days, days, and it was like it was. Like I mean, it's touring right now, but yeah, it, it, I don't <laughs> sure think it's staying was. in any one location very long at all. Right. Yeah. No. So I was I was that person on YouTube who was like, oh, somebody put the movie up. We talked a little bit. We brought up the term rent heads. Rent was kind of the first musical that I'm aware of that had people touring with it, that had people waiting outside mm-hmm. for hours to get tickets. It was why they invented the lottery, which many yep. shows do now. Yeah, yes. and still yes. do. And Rent still does that to this day, too, because I know that when it was in San Francisco, there was a lottery of, like, if you show up at this time. Contagious did it. Yeah. They so. put aside 35 tickets for the orchestra and gave them away for $20. Mm-hmm. That is how I because saw it Because Jonathan Larson was 35 years I old did when the, he died. I did win the lottery. Nice. And he also, it's also because people were waiting to get tickets at the box. Because you didn't have internet like we do now. I mean, nope. you did, but it was a very slow process. Uh, so you had to go to the ticket um, the box office to get your ticket and people were getting like robbed to be able to, for people to buy tickets so yeah. that's kind of also why they invented the lottery yeah. so that we and, stopped this happening and when, Tim, when we were in New York um, both shows that we saw we, we did the rush tickets and I remember standing in line because Dear Evan Hansen was at the theater right next door oh, to um, so to Great Comet at the Imperial 
And there's a digital lottery for that. And I remember really? saying, I remember saying how much I do not like the fact that there are digital lotteries because people who would wait outside, like we stayed outside, we were there, we were there at eight yeah. o'clock, and the box office didn't. You open should have 10. to work for those. You should tickets. have to work for yeah. those rush tickets, just like everybody who stood in line for rent had to rush rate for those rush tickets. Hamilton in the same way, like you should have to work for. I think those it makes it, and it makes really it too easy, tickets. like. To it's like to turn over. you know it's so much more accessible. Yeah. And if you have a job where you can't like maybe get to your phone that quickly, then you're just lost out. Yes. Whereas like if you can take a, take a weekend it. day and just yeah. go sit outside for a few hours, like, yeah. It's, Means a yeah, lot but more. if you really, like I said, if you really want to see something, you'll do it. You are yeah. going to figure out a way to get there and do it. Okay, we're going to get into Tony Awards now because we're running a little low on time. But before we do, I really want to quickly go through and say our diva song for this show. And Tim, that is just the <laughs> song that you love so much. And I have two, so you can have more than one. You, um, you got to start on that You just want to sing it no matter what, and you sing it out in your car, in your shower, whatever Mine is, is uh, I guess I would have two. My first, my first, my belting one is uh, Out Tonight. Of course. Obviously. Um, and then the second one would probably be uh, uh, Will I. Mm-hmm. I just love yeah. that song. Um, uh, I'm going to see if I can change it up. Um... I like another day just because of the just mm. the fact of just the argument itself is really really nice. Um, but I also really loved Halloween. I thought mm. Halloween was actually a that really a good, good one. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely gonna go with uh, another day and Will I because mm-hmm. I mean they're just fantastic songs. Mm. Actually, Will I I think is the most beautiful one yeah. of the most beautifully written rounds. Maybe it's because it's just a round, but like it but the fact that you don't even really songs. need music, you can just have, have the cast just sing yeah. it the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Mine's definitely Will I as well. Um, and goodbye, love, but not like mm. the sweet part. Like I do like the sweet part of goodbye, love, but uh, like when I'm in a bad mood, oh, wait, I want to put that on and just yell. Like yeah. if I'm mad at someone, I'm gonna just like Mimi's part where she's yelling at Roger. Oh, it's so good. You or mean, when Mark and Roger are yelling at each other, yeah. you don't get the first. Love. <laughs> 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 oh, Daphne. Um, but I think also for me, I think the I cover you reprise because now it has of a new course. memory is yeah. definitely my favorite, and I can't I can't listen to that. Song also, just a now. quick note that I just love that. Jesse Martin, I mean, it's a terrible note, but also beautiful, that he didn't understand how to sing that song until Jonathan Larson died, and he had to sing it, mm-hmm. and it made him realize what that song meant. Yeah, yeah. I think he was, like, sobbing, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can it. contest to that, because, like, you don't, when you're in that role, until you're in that moment, it is very difficult to mm-hmm. figure out what to do with that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially until you're seeing everything happen, and you're standing in that moment, it is a very difficult song. Yeah, because I mean, I also love the fact that it's it's also very vulnerable because you're just kind of standing there. There's yeah. nothing there to help you. It's like and you until... and this person under a sheet. Yeah. Basically. That's it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and play. We have a Go video for, for the Tony Awards um, from 1996. Oh, my God, is that a <laughs> <laughs> I also love that for Jesse L. Martin, that beanie is like his thing now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love also just the fact that they have so many people mm-hmm. on the stage singing this because they have all the minor characters as well because yeah. they don't get as much you know credit. yeah but, they all, but I also love that Rent has so many mini songs in between yes. that everybody can sing yeah it's definitely not an ensemble oh, here we go here's the diva moment ah every time my heart just soars every time yep Especially her, because she just goes all out. <laughs> she really does, though. Yeah. I remember trying to sing that note, and one failing, but also being <laughs> able to hold it for that long is an extremely hard thing to do. Do you guys ever find, like, when I was listening oh in the car, Life I would do the lab, we will, like, the, 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 yeah. the choreography. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how just scrawny. 
Anthony Rapp is. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> They're babies. They're all babies. And then seeing them now. It's also just funny watching the movie and like them playing the same age. I know it's now. Ten years later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it also because when they did do a ten-year concert where they were just they weren't really in the costumes, but they were like reading off the whatever, and it was just really funny to watch them. Like, there's a part where Jesse L. Martin and I can't remember the the guy who plays Angel. Uh, Wilson Wilson. Yeah. Um, they're doing their dance for "I'll Cover You," and he goes, "Oh, excuse my language." And he goes, "Oh shit, I forgot how fast you were." And it was really adorable. <laughs> because Wilson is a, a dancer. Yeah. And, yeah. and speaking of the Anthony rap, I do have a quote from someone that was uh, part of the casting team. They said, mm-hmm. "Anthony, I remember." Thinking it was such a convergence of character and actor. It didn't feel like acting. It felt like this is who Anthony is. No, that's exact. That's how I. He is Mark in he's my just, head. Yeah, he's yeah. just Mark. Yeah, he is. So it's hard to see like to see him in other plays. Like he was in the other Indina Menzel uh, play. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, yep, I just see Mark. It's hard for me. Oh my god. Of course, we don't have the mooning. In the, in oh, the, the Tony, Tony version, Warner of course. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm really. They're like, we gotta keep it classy. <laughs> but in 2016, that would have happened on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have happened. Yeah, they're like, ah, we don't care. <laughs> I just love how fast they sped it up for the Tony Awards. They so had we to. Got, we gotta get through this. But this song is already originally like a fast song. I know. So. I know. So the and all those words. It up, yeah, it's. And they had to cut a, a few of the lines out too. And I'm also really sad that Andina Menzel and Tay Diggs are not together oh, anymore because they I met, know, like how you guys did, they met on Reddit. That was Red, like the saddest thing ever. And I was like, my relationship gold team, they're gone. <laughs> I mean, I have a new one. You now guys you have a new one, yes. But yeah. I just hate that outfit they have Tay Diggs in. I mean, I love it because that's pretty much what they did for the I know, but he's just so muscular work. that I wanted him to be in a fitted shirt. Oh, I mean, always. <laughs> but I love it because some of the guys are in fitted shirts. With a <laughs> I love that like, Anthony Rapp's belly button's out more than he is sometimes. <laughs> I just love that his dancing is oh, so, nice. so awkward. Took a second. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> Yay! I, I haven't seen that in like, a long time. I love right? that Anthony Rapp plays one of the straight characters in I the know, show. and I was like, well. <laughs> He's like asexual, you guys. He's not on no, the I mean, straight. Like, 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 that's very true. Um, yeah, we don't know what he was. He so, was with, well, I mean, he was with, he was with Maureen. He was with Maureen. Yeah. But Maureen was with Joanne. Everybody. It was very fluid. <laughs> everybody. Everybody was very fluid back then. Um, so this won Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical, Best yeah. Original Score, Best Performance by a Featured Actor in a Musical for Angel, Wilson, Jermaine, Heredia. And it was nominated for Best Performance by Leading Actor for Adam Pascal, by Leading Actress for Daphne Rubin Vega, for Best Featured Actress for Adina Menzel, Best Direction, Best Choreography, Best Line Design. What was it up against? Uh, I don't even know. 96. Oh, it was yeah, up against uh, Bring Into Noise, Bring Into Funk, Chronicle of a Death Foretold, and Singing on a st- Swinging on a Star. Oh, so yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Not, not, I mean, it was poised to win then. Yeah, yeah but I mean. <laughs> Except well, for Bring in the Noise, Bring in the Funk. I, think I mean, I really like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe it just was, the others were good, but just it overshadowed them so much because it's so. So different, maybe. Different. And, well, and the fact that John Larson, had, I, I think there was. There's, well, there's always when, politics when voters, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, the, that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up really quick, Brianna, because I know we're short on time. But mm-hmm. do you guys think that this would, this would have been such a big show if the tragic death of Don- Jonathan Larson hadn't happened? I think it's Because still, there's a lot of controversy behind it. I think it still would it. have been a big show. Would it have been as big? Maybe, Maybe it would have taken longer to get there. Yeah, I think so. I think it would, <clears throat> it would get people... It would It would be hard for people to start to love it right away. I think the actor's emotions were heightened by the fact that, that he, he died. Because yeah. they really wanted to do him a justice. justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And which characters do you guys think are you most relatable to? 
Oh, God. I feel like I'm a mixture of so many of them. Uh, like crap. I, um, like, I definitely have a little bit of Mark in me. I definitely have a little bit of um, Maureen, just because I'm a ham. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I think I have a little bit of Collins in me, and I would say... So you're the whole cast. Not the whole cast. <laughs> not, the whole cast. <laughs> not the whole cast. But I think those those four are, the, are my main, I like, think a I, mixture of them. I think I would be the actual love child of Roger and Mimi. Because mm, I'm very yes. introverted, like Roger, but I'm you. also like, I can have my moments with Mimi as well. So yeah, I think I would actually be the love child from the two of them. Um, I'm pretty sure I'd be the Benny. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely the Benny. Yeah. the Benny. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely the angel. I'm definitely the lover of life, optimistic one. Yeah. 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 I, I love like everybody. It. I'm the love child of Benny and Collins. There you go. I'm okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. Yeah. It's canon. <laughs> hey, Simpsons made a rent, too. We can make it happen. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. He needs yeah. to get over Angel. Brings Benny over. <laughs> we can make this work. <laughs> um, really quickly before we end, I do want to get into just have a couple things of Broadway news this week. Uh, they announced the Hollywood Bowl uh, musical. They always do one in July, mm-hmm. and it's going to be Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah, snaps. I got a phone call from the Hollywood Bowl the other day. They were like, do you want to do season tickets this year? I was like, no, because I do not want to see Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> the last three musicals that the, the Hollywood Bowl has done, I have been so... What was it last so, year? It was... Um, it was... Um, um, oh, my gosh. Something oh. that I didn't go see. It was no, that, clearly. Yeah, hair. It was, just, it was hair. No, hair, hair was no, not hair, last no, year. Was, hair no, was no, like three years ago. Okay. I don't remember what I happened. I saw hair. Hair, and then it was. Uh, I went to go see Rhett at a Hollywood Bowl, and I was like, mm. "There was." Rhett, I remember the Rhett one in the hairspray. Then yeah. it was hair. Yeah, I did like the there was producers one. before that. Oh my god, oh, that one was. I good. saw when I went. I saw producers, and I saw um, hey, Chicago. We were on the same show. I saw producers in Chicago. Yeah. That was the first the two years I lived in LA, and I've yeah. been here for it'll be six years in June. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I can't I remember. Can't what remember. I mean, clearly, clearly it wasn't, that wasn't that great. Wasn't that great? I'm gonna watch it. I want them to do. You look it up. You look it up, and I'm gonna. Read off the other thing really fast, but they also have Sondheim on Sondheim is going to be there mm-hmm. as well. Um, National tour of Les Mis is going to launch this fall. <gasps> Shut up! Sorry, okay. <laughs> I'm okay. So, I'm okay. That, so if anyone, uh, a chorus line. Oh, yeah, that's, chorus that's, line. that's why I remember. I remember because yeah. <laughs> James Lodge, one of our hosts here, was yeah. very excited to go see it. <laughs> Bore me the tears of the chorus line. I like the chorus line. I like it I like too. I have, a, I have a little bit of like love for it because my mom yep. was such a big my fan of it and watched it. Uh, she always talked about the show. I never saw the show, unfortunately, but uh, I remember seeing the movie, which she hated. I was a big fan <laughs> of the movie, oh, I so the movie. I did too. I mean, it's good. Like of course, that is a great show. For- <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> of course, that is a great show for like artists. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. for a show show it's not yeah. a singer show you're yeah. not gonna it's go not. Listen for the to Hollywood Bowl it's definitely for a dance show the Hollywood Bowl is not a very big no, show no I'd rather go see you it need to, I, you need to see yeah. it uh, in a close range because yeah. the dancing part yeah. of yeah. it it's so you're good. not gonna get the same thing from yeah. far away no no no, no, no. Um, anyway. and then last you guys were just like you said just in New York and you mm-hmm. saw two shows do you want to quickly tell people what shows they were in a little bit of a review of it. Uh, well, we talked about. Well, you just said that the National Tour of Les Mis is going on tour. Les Mis is in the Imperial Theater, uh, which and I touched on us going to see Great Comet, uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, which was with Josh Groban, uh, which oh, actually one of the original cast members of Hamilton is going to be taking over Josh Groban in a few weeks. No way. Um, which is going to be a lot of fun to see. I mean, we won't see it, but like, it'll be fun. And it's an amazing show. It's one of those more innovative shows. It's it's definitely a, um, a show that you go in and you're not expecting it. Yeah, and you had then no you, idea. Yeah, and you walk out and you go this is this is theater changing right because it's uh-huh. it's that good it, it'll yeah, be a great, great it'll be a great uh tony performance you get little oh. pierogies at the beginning of the show 
Depending on where you are. I am all for shoes, shows that give me food. They're in little, they're in little Chinese red Chinese food boxes. They kind of throw them out to people. Stop it. Um, it's like it. it it took what we know of Spring Awakening kind of sitting on the audience, sitting on the stage. See, that was, that was for me. It was I saw Spring Awakening, uh, and I was like, I don't know what this is. I'm going to watch it. And then I was like, I'm in yeah. love with this musical. The <laughs> cast is throughout the whole theater. So not That's only so on cool. the orchestra, but in the mezzanine. So they sing from different parts of the show, uh, parts of the theater. And then uh, Josh Groban really never really leaves the stage because he's kind of in the pit with the band, which is also on the stage. What? They kind of move people. Like, if they were in this room, they would come in here and sit between us and sit and then All move right. us and sit with us. It was just... It's a really, really It's a very cool interactive show. show. I like it will win Best Lighting, though. Okay. Oh, I bet. Hands down convinced it will win Best <laughs> Lighting. And then you guys saw a Bronx Tale, correct? Bronx Tale, yep. How our, is that? Our friend Ariana DeBose really is, uh, yeah? okay. is in there. She plays Jane. Sweet. Um, if you've seen the movie, which I have, which I love, it's definitely a good homage to the movie, but it's not as dark as the movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a it solid Broadway show. Yes. Okay. Like, it's yeah. a, just a really good show. Um, Robert De Niro directed it, um, which it was great. So... Yeah. It was good. Right. Go see it. Go see it. But great. I actually did, because I know Newsies was out in theaters, I actually was able to get the last ticket for oh, Saturday. Oh, so I got to oh, see it. It was my first time ever have, seeing, oh. like I've seen the movie and I've heard the songs. Yeah, I'm I saw the not, show when it came through in September. Yeah, and I missed it. it. In New York, right New before York? we yeah. left. Yeah, so I finally got to watch it. Also, brought my fiance, who's like not really into musicals. He was bawling. <laughs> had he, had Sorry, he seen hon. the movie? <laughs> yeah, but he's he, he hasn't it's seen the movie since he was a kid. Movie yeah, but he also, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and he was very young when he saw the movie, so he's like, I don't remember anything. I know Christian Bale was in it, and I was like, Nah, we'll just move on Those, from that. That, <laughs> that cult <laughs> classic <laughs> movie, Newsies. Yeah, we we're just like, we'll just move on from that. But like, it was just really cool because there were so many kids. In the theater, who were watching, who were super excited, and they were singing along, oh, and fun. it was just—it was a packed movie theater at the ArcLight, so yeah. it was really cool. Everyone was clapping while the audience was clapping. It was great. Which, if folks don't know, they actually filmed that at the, Pant- at the mm-hmm. Pantages, which I didn't know that yep. until I looked it up, and I was like, "This is awesome." And I had also, friends I that got tickets it. to that taping, and I was like, "Shut up!" Oh, that's <laughs> I not hate cool. You a little bit. And really quick, I know that. Uh, um, you know how the TV's doing all those musicals now? Mm-hmm. They did uh, Hairspray and, and uh, all those. Doing, I'm waiting for them to do Rent. They're doing waiting. Dirty Dancing. <gasps> Is it going to be great? I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for them to do Rent. Rent would be great. Rent would be great, but I, it, you'd have to... It, it's going to be a, a hard one to put on a cable television for a family audience again. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, See, that's that. why yeah, but, ABC, Disney needs to do Aida. Do an HBO <laughs> special. There you go. Oh, you know, there you go. Bring us back Heather yeah. Headley. For TV, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. Um... But yeah, we are all out of time, unfortunately, guys. So we will be, have to end this. Next week, we're going to be discussing the movie. Please make sure to go follow us at Broadway Beatdown on Twitter. You can also follow me at BFIPS14 on Instagram, Twitter, BFIPS1214 on Snapchat. And later um, this week, I'm in Speechless on Wednesdays at nice. 7 p.m. And where can they find you guys? I'm at Drexel Heard. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Drexel Heard. Tomorrow night, I will be on Breaking In. It'll be a one on one interview with me and James Lott. And then uh, we start the good fight. Uh, on CBS tomorrow night as well. Awesome. Hey guys, I'm Timothy Michael. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Timothy Mike. On Monday night at 10 p.m., I will be on Quantico. And Friday morning at 10 a.m., I will be on the uh, Unproduced Table Reads series with Jeff Graham. Nice. And you can find me dancing to I See Being Stirred at ATORES890 uh, all over social media platforms. All right, guys, have a great week. Don't do it but today, guys. <laughs> From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.